Alright everybody, welcome back once again to the lab. We'll be digging and dissecting all sorts of different stuff, mostly based on your suggestions, and we get those through the weekly lab at gmail.com. So please reach out, send us an email. If you're listening over shortwave, we'll send you back a QSL card. Or if you're listening on uh, iTunes through our podcast, you can still email us and give us your uh, suggestions for our next topic. Uh, I call myself Ryan Rivers, <laughs> and I got Kate Holiday here with me. Mm-hmm. On this Independence Day, it is indeed the 4th of July, Yeah. as we record it, mm-hmm. um, here out of uh, cloudy Connecticut today. Yeah, the weather's not very good. No, it's in the low 50s. We do have the windows open. Which is nice. It is. So Until people hear the start lighting off rattle buckets. Yeah, if you hear what she calls rattle buckets, or mm-hmm. bottle rockets, or mm-hmm. any type of bird squirrels. Screaming memes. <laughs> um, anything like that, please pardon it. Yep. Um, last week, we kind of dove into our uh, mini-segment on Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Nobody solved the D.B. Cooper case since last week, no. unfortunately. So that, I Including guess, us. Yeah, I guess our, um, our uh, recording on that didn't tip off any investigators or anything, and they solved the case. So yeah. Unfortunately, that one remains unsolved. Um, and we got another one today. Yeah, this one's probably one of the most interesting we'll cover, I think. You think? Personally. We're going to talk about the uh, Dyatlov Pass incident. Yeah. Um, If you're not familiar, just the very brief summary of it is um, back in 1959 in Soviet Russia, Mm -hmm. uh, 10 college students, I believe they were, I think they were college, they were young people, Mm -hmm. 10 of them, uh, decided to go hiking across uh, what I would consider Siberia, northern Russia. Um, a couple days into it, one of them turned back because he felt sick. Little did he know that would uh, save his life. Who would have thought the common cold would save your life? Mm-hmm. Because uh, shortly later, n- his nine friends were found dead. Yeah. Um, under very mysterious circumstances. And to this day, nobody is exactly sure what caused it. Yeah. So we're going to get into that today. Yep. Um, if you haven't ever heard of it, you should check it out. It's uh, spelt D-Y-L-L. A-T-O-V, I believe. Dyatlov. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, just type it in. I don't know. It's Russian. I don't speak Russian. The acrylic alphabet. I did not spell it with a Y. I spelled it with an I and it still came up. So you'll find it. There you go. Just type in the Russian pass incident or something like that. Yeah. um, It'll it'll come up. You'll find it. It's got all sorts of weird weird details. But uh, we're going to dig into that today. Um, I knew quite a bit about it just because... uh, I'd stumbled across it several years ago, and every once in a while I would poke back to see if anybody came up with anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprisingly, they didn't, you know, since 1959. They hadn't come up with anything, so in the last few years, no major breaks have happened either. Up until earlier this year, they supposedly. Claim, I don't believe it. Yeah. It's whatever. Um, yeah. But you just recently found out about it. Yeah, you, I mean, you had mentioned it, and I think we actually covered it, like, very, very briefly on a previous episode. I forget which one it was, but yeah. it it came up. Um, but I really dove into it over the last couple of days, because I knew the gist of it about how they perished, and it was just under weird circumstances. But to get to know these people and their experience mm. as hikers and skiers and stuff, and the whole incident timeline is... Uh, pretty interesting yeah so we're gonna dig into that today yeah so like ryan said there were nine hikers that perished um the 10th member 
was the guy that turned around because he felt sick. And apparently he lived to be 73 years old. Wow. And died of something else. So he literally had no idea that turning around when he got sick. And it was several days before the incident happened was when he turned around. So, you know, his friends had a couple days of normal hikes because they actually had cameras Mm -hmm. and journals that they kept. Who keeps a journal these days? Well, nobody. This was in the 1950s, so... You know? You but know. think about... I, I doubt that they thought while writing in their journal that that was going to be, like, any type of... Evidence in such a mystery. importance yeah. later on in life. Yeah, it was just... I mean, like I said, these people were experienced hikers. They were certified hikers, and actually, after this hike, they were going to be, like, the top tier of certified hikers that Russia acknowledges. Wow. So if they were to... Con- continue and actually finish this hike and come back from it, they were going to be like the top of the top. The wow. cream of the crop, if you will. The, the creme of the creme. Yes, exactly. Very good. Um, Unfortunately, that didn't happen. No, but and we're going to find out a little bit about that. So Yeah. Um, But the nine hikers were all aged 20 to 38. Oh, they were in their prime. Yeah, so only one was 38 years old. The rest were in their 20s. That's um, a little weird. The youngest one was 20 years old. Some guy almost in his 40s hanging out with a bunch of 20-year-olds. Yeah, like 20, 21, 22. Three of them are 23, 24. Yeah, mm. and then 38. All right. Um, but Yuri Yudin is the guy that turned around. Um, oh, I misspoke. He lived to be 75. Ooh. And he passed away in 2013. Wow, okay. So, um, but yeah, the pictures and the diaries and everything that they, or journals that they recovered once um the search party went out to go find these people didn't lead up to anything suspicious at all like it was normal pictures the only one was at the end which we'll get into later it was the last picture on the camera roll that was kind of like maybe but at the same time there was nobody to explain what the picture was from so basically these people were hiking up this mountain that's known by a local tribe i guess you could call it yeah local group as death mountain Death Mountain. All right. That's where I'm going to pitch my tent. Right. And you got to think they did this in January. Uh, so January in Russia. Yeah. So. Soviet Union. Right. You got to think of the conditions that they were in. Extremely snowy, um, harsh, cold temps, like below 20 degrees negative Fahrenheit. Like it was very harsh conditions. But the fact that these people were experienced, they were like, you know what? Who cares? We got this. We got this. So um, they hiked up and it was about... I don't know, like five or six days after the initial start. Okay. They pitched a tent. Sure. Um, like 300 meters away from the summit of this mountain. Oh, uh, we're using the metric system. Yes. Okay. Um, so they pitched a tent, and apparently they spent like nine hours in the tent before the whole weird incident happened. Okay. Um, and nobody had heard from them back home. I guess they were supposed to send like a telegram or something once they completed the hike. Uh, the guy who was leading, I think his name was Igor, Igor, however you say Igor. that. Igor? <laughs> I don't know. I don't speak Russian, say Russian names. Um, Should we do this show in a Russian accent? Maybe. We, we, we'll we we'll try. We'll see how it works out. We don't want to offend anybody either by doing that. Yeah. So are we doing it or not? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my accent will be a little offensive because I don't know how to do one. Um, but basically, he was supposed to send a telegram saying, hey, we're good. We made it to the top and whatever. Um People didn't hear from him for a couple days after the fact, and nobody really thought anything about it because in circumstances that they were hiking in, I mean, it was pretty common not to hear from him for a few days, even extra. Maybe they run run into some weather. They had to camp longer than they thought, so nobody really thought anything about it. It wasn't until like three weeks later, it was towards the end of 
February. Wow. That um, People I, started getting concerned. Yeah. And they didn't even initiate an actual search party. It was a bunch of volunteers, like students and stuff, that decided to go out and look for these people. All right. So they were like, you know what? Let's go search. Sure. And a couple days after searching, they finally came on these uh, hikers' campsite. Uh-huh. They found their tent yeah. that they were camping in, and it was covered in a little bit of snow. And oddly enough, nobody was there, but all their stuff was there. Okay. So, like, their shoes, their clothes, their food, like, everything was in the tent. And the tent, instead of, like, you picture, you know, you go camping, you open the tent with a zipper. Yeah. And you go out the front. It was cut open from the inside out with a knife, apparently. Okay. So, it was, like, almost like they were just dying to get out. And they just got out any way they could instead of the normal way. Like, if they left in a calm manner initially, you would think they would go out the actual door in the tent. Okay. So... These volunteer rescuers Mm -hmm. find the campground. Yep. The tent is slashed from the inside. Yep. Their supplies are there, including clothing. Shoes, food. What you would suspect you would need in the bitter cold in January, February in Soviet Russia. On the side of a mountain. (laughs) But there's no people around. Yeah, there's nobody there. And they have not reported or checked in anywhere. Nope. Okay. Nobody's heard from them. Gotcha. Uh, so the next thing they find is a trail of eight or nine footsteps mm-hmm. leading off towards a tree line down the mountain. Okay. So the way that the footprints were described was, you know, like, have you ever scrambled through snow? Like, oh, yeah. Maybe you hit a patch of snow and you sink yeah. and you're like struggling to get out of it or something. They describe these paths of footprints to be extremely calm in demeanor. Okay. Like they were walking off like in an organized, calm fashion. Like they weren't freaking out. They weren't scrambling. Which, Which makes no sense to me. Because they were panicking in the tent in, right. in order to cut their way out. Right. Supposedly. Okay. So if they did that, why would they walk so calmly immediately after they got out of the tent? Well, we'll dig into this um, and probably solve the case today. Probably. Possibly um, in a part two, but we'll see <laughs> how quick we are. Okay. So yeah, that's smart. weird. Um, yeah. So they found the trails of footprints, uh, which led them to a tree line. Yeah. Uh, where they found... Two of the bodies mm-hmm. of the hikers at the base of the tree. Yep. There was evidence that they had built a fire okay. for some reason. Um, these people were without shoes, without jackets, without hats, without gloves. They basically had underwear on and like very thin undershirts hmm. and socks, I think. But they didn't have shoes, like nothing. Like why would you walk that far? Because it was like, um, I believe the first two bodies were found under a tree more than 500 meters away from the tent. So for our American listeners, that's roughly 500 yards. Yeah. So picture you walked five football fields from your base camp without shoes, without or boots, pants, a coat, gloves. Like I, I have Raynaud's, so I would have just like. Yeah, you would have died instantly. Yeah, I would have. You would have died out. grabbing the knife trying to cut. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that hole opened up, I would have been like, ooh. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine doing that. Um, but also. There was evidence that something or someone climbed a tree or destroyed the tree that they were sitting under up to, what, like 10, 15 feet up? Uh Like all the branches were stripped from the tree. Okay. So there's some theories that say they broke all those branches for firewood. Right. Some people people think they climbed it to find their bearing and see where the tent was because of snowfall. Maybe they were trying to find their way back. You think they could just follow their footprints? You would think. I have no idea. It was dark, though. But the thing the thing that I don't understand is, like, all the branches were stripped. 
So unless that tree was completely bare on one side, which I have seen trees where branches only grow on one side, but like if somebody climbed and fell, they wouldn't rip the entire circumference worth of branches off a tree. Right. Like, are you bear hugging the tree and just, like, stripping all the branches off as you fall? Ooh, that would hurt. Yeah, but that makes no sense. I don't think anybody's, like, capable of doing that. All right. Um, so those are the first two bodies that were found. Okay. Um, so the searchers found those people, and they eventually found three more bodies between those two at the tree line and the tent. Hmm. So there were three bodies, and they weren't grouped together. Like, they weren't together like the other two bodies were like around the fire at the base of the tree these bodies were like strewn among strung among is that the right strewn strewn about whatever strung about um but it was spanning a 330 meter area so they were that far apart from each other wow in between the tent and the tree weird and they were found at like various points um and one of those people were found with a small skull fracture Mm mm-hmm if they were just going back to the tent or going to find the other people at the tree line like what would have caused that yeah. There was no evidence of like a struggle or anything like that either. So these people were dressed a little bit better than those people, but they still were in like light clothes. They didn't have gloves. They didn't have hats. Like nothing that you would normally think of that they would wear because all that stuff was back at the tent for some reason. Right. Like none of them got dressed. Um, now the two that you found by the by that fire, what injuries did they have? Uh, I think they just said that they died of hypothermia. Hmm. Yeah. And there was possibly some evidence on the tree, you said, when we were talking about this before the show? Well, they did find skin on the tree. Like flesh. Human flesh? Yes. Which would suggest that they did climb the tree, or that they were trying to break off the branches. Yeah. But I, I'm i pretty sure the first two only died of hypothermia. Or at least that's what the coroner said. Okay. Um... And from a period of when they started the search towards the end of February until May, I think it was the 4th of May, they didn't find the other victims until then. Because they were under snow. They were under, like, seven feet of snow. I think even more than that. Um, But they were found about 75 meters further into the woods from the tree where the first two people were found. Mm -hmm. So they went even further in. Um, And they were... The most dressed out of the three groups of people that they found. Mm -hmm. They had like light jackets on, pants, shoes, things like that. So, um, and there was some evidence where they thought that those people had stripped the other people of stuff because they were still alive. Like, let's put the clothes on that we found. Unfortunately, our friends are dead, but let's take their clothes so that we can be better dressed to go further and try and find help. Because one of the girls, I guess her foot was wrapped in one of the guys by the tree's jacket. Like, something happened to her, and she, like, tore off a piece of his jacket that was known to be his jacket, apparently, and, like, wrapped her foot. Weird. So they think that they might have stripped them down of their clothes to save themselves. Why not just go back to your camp and grab your stuff? I don't know. One of the many unanswered questions. Um, But even though they were more substantially dressed than the rest, they still died. All Mm -hmm. four of them. Um, So they either died of blunt trauma or hypothermia or both. So these people were messed up compared to the other ones, apparently. Um, two had multiple fractures of the ribs and sternum. Okay. And um, one of the females that was in that group of four was the notorious one that like raises a lot of questions. Two people were missing their eyes. Mm-hmm. So they had like empty orbital sockets. Um, but she was also missing her tongue. And she was the only one out of the nine that was missing her tongue. Two were missing eyes. One was missing. She was missing her tongue. um, And another one of the guys that was there had massive facial trauma. His nose was broken and his neck was like contorted. 
Hmm. So these people, and also they had um, lacerations on their hands. Yeah. Like just the skin was messed up on their hands. Now they say it was due to like decomposure because they didn't find um, decomposition or whatever you want to call it. I forget. Um, they didn't find them until May. So they were exposed to the elements and all this kind of stuff. And they were saying, you know, maybe that's what it was from. Because they were found down like a, a little ravine hill. And they think they were exposed to water. So, you know, in like... This is kind of morbid, but, like, when people die, they they bloat, you know, especially if they're, like, in water, their skin gets really gross and things like that. So they were exposed to melting snow. So they thought maybe that's what it was from. Um, but that's some, like, really, like, bad injuries. So they think that it was sustained from the fall that they happened. But, I mean, if you think about it. They were in the peak of winter, so if they fell, even though down at the bottom there was, like, rocks and stuff, like, they were covered by, like, feet and feet of snow. Yeah. So, and they basically, the uh, the medical examiner said these are injuries that you normally see in, like, a motor vehicle accident. Like, blunt force trauma that no other person could give to another person. Right. You know? Um, and there were no obvious external wounds associated with any of their fractures. So, so that doesn't make sense either, then. So it's not like somebody, like, you know how boxers and stuff, they punch each other in the ribs and fracture them, things like that. But there was nothing, like, bruising or anything that showed that they had, like, an injury to them that caused the fracture. It was just the fracture was there. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, there was apparently this little boy that uh, attended their funerals after all this was done, and they had their funeral. And he said they all had really weird skin tones. He said they were like this brownish orange tan color that he said he'd like never seen on anybody. And this little boy eventually went on to like write a book mm-hmm. about it. Um, but their hair was, looked like it had been like bleached, essentially. Like they'd been out in the sun for a really long time and they had some type of staining under their fingernails, too. And he said it was like, it was just very weird. He'd never seen anything like that. Could that be just from being out in a frozen tundra essentially well yeah i mean you can get sunburns from the snow and things like that you know you wear special chapstick so that you don't get sunburn from reflection off the snow and everything so it could but i mean really you only get like a brownish orange tan from tanning beds or like spray tans (laughs) you know what i mean like that hue of skin isn't natural yeah i'm just thinking like if they died and they sat out there for however long like did their skin start to turn colors because it was essentially in a freezer yeah and two they said maybe it's just from them decomposing and things like that like obviously your skin's not going to look natural anyways um but the moral of the story is how did they get these injuries because there are many many theories as to why they cut their way out of the tent and how they sustain these injuries so but nobody nobody can conclude a hundred percent like this is what happened so basically at the end um, of the medical examiner's report and everything, it says that they, um, the majority of them died from, quote, hypothermia, which, mm-hmm. sure, that's feasible. Um, but it said it was, like, an unnatural force or something like that. I forget what the exact terminology they used. Um, but it was something, basically, they couldn't explain. A compelling force. A compelling, yeah, force. So, what about the radiation? Well, yes. So there were three articles of clothing, I believe, from two of the people that were recovered um, that had what they considered to be high levels of radiation on the pieces of clothing. But two out of nine. And I don't think those two guys were together when they were found. So, I mean, they they said that both of them worked in places uh, previously where they could have acquired radioactive 
things on their clothing. Um, one guy worked in like a plutonium lab for nuclear weapons, but I don't I don't know much about that. Like how long that stuff would stay embedded in your clothing. You know what I mean? And they said it was um, one was like right at the borderline of what they consider high. One was only like 500 above that level, and the other one was like 4,000 something above the like normal level. So the one where it, and it belonged to the guy who works in the plutonium lab was the one that was like 4,000 above. So they say that it was probably because they worked at those places. Some think it was like a military experiment gone wrong from the Soviet Union back mm. in the day. But nobody has come out and said 100%. Because I feel like there's certain things where people think they have it down, but... I mean, the professionals that went through and did the investigation and everything didn't straight up say, like, this is what caused it. Like, um, I watched one thing where it was talking about the medical examiner's report about the girl missing her eyes or the tongue or something. Um, and that same female that was missing her tongue was found to have blood in her stomach. Mm -hmm. So some people think that it, like, got taken off while she was still alive and so she swallowed a lot of blood. Um, but all he said was there was a dark red slimy mass found in her stomach. So some people are like, oh, it could be food mixed with a little bit of blood because she had internal bleeding as well upon report. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me why, if it was scavenger animals, because that's what a lot of people, and I even said this too, I was like, I know birds sometimes with like vultures and stuff, they peck at dead things all the time. So it doesn't surprise me if they would have pecked the eyes out of people. <laughs> but why only those two? And why would one person be missing her tongue if it was an animal? Because... She was part of the group of the four that was found together in that ravine. So you're telling me a scavenger animal that's like starving in the middle of winter was like, oh, I'm going to eat this person's tongue, but I'm going to leave those other three. Makes you wonder. You know what I mean? Oh, I like, do. I don't feel like animals have that. And I love animals. I'm not saying any, any of them are stupid by any means, but I don't think they have that cognitive reasoning like, oh, I'm just going to eat one and leave it. Right. And why wouldn't they tear at the skin or anything? Because I'm sure... I feel like vultures watch me when it's hot out. They're like waiting for me to keel <laughs> over and die so they can eat me, you know? And I guarantee you, if animals ate that stuff, it was like the day after those people died. Hmm. It wasn't like months and months, so why didn't they eat them in entirety? Because the skin wouldn't have been spoiled. Their meat wouldn't have been spoiled at that point, you know what I mean? Because I know that like living in Kodiak, they talk about how the bears don't eat like the gallbladder of salmon or something because it's poisonous. Like they're very picky. So if an animal knew that that person was, like, decomposing and, like, becoming rotten, they wouldn't have eaten any part of them. Right. You know? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So there's a lot of theories um, about what happened. And, like I said, there was something that came out earlier this year that people think, like, oh, we might have solved it. But no, I don't think so. And I don't think we have enough time to get into, like, the conspiracy theories behind it. But what's your what's your take on it? Um... I don't know, to hmm. be honest. Okay. I think it's odd that you had nine hikers, all of them die from essentially blunt force trauma, mm -hmm. which probably led to them becoming hypothermic, mm -hmm. when they were within walking distance of all of their supplies, yet they decided against putting their supply, like their, uh, like the clothes wi their on winter clothing on, using any other equipment. Um. I know at least a few of them were intoxicated. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, how could somebody have sustained such injuries 
without any type of weapons being found out there that would have caused them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people like could have got swept away in an avalanche and broke ribs and whatnot. Yet they wouldn't have been. They would have been found under like, you know, feet of snow. Yeah, and, and there was instead they were on the surface. And there was no evidence of an avalanche. So when the search party went out there. Um, so what caused this blunt force trauma? You're thinking, uh, you know, if they were drunk fighting each other for some reason, um, even that wouldn't explain everything. No, because you would have, like I said, with the broken ribs and sternum and stuff, you would have had external bruising. I guarantee they would have had, like, orbital fractures in their face, like their nose. That one guy had a broken nose, but that was only one person. Hmm. So, because that was one of the things, too. Was it, like, a lover's quarrel? Because there was two females and seven males. Like, did they all get drunk and just think they were going to, like, hook up with the girls and the other guys didn't like that or something? But it's, like, it doesn't explain it with the injuries that they sustained and how they were separated. Nor why would they cut the tent from the inside? Right, you're getting into like an all-out brawl, and you're like, "Hold on, let me grab my knife and like cut my way out." Yeah. That I think we can debunk that one because there's no. To me, there's no evidence that points that it was a fight amongst people because even the like I said, the medical examiner said there's no way these people could sustain these injuries from like an attack of a human. Hmm. Well, then that rules out like if there was like a local tribe out there or something that lived like out in the mountains. Which there is. The, yeah. The Mansi tribe or I don't know if they call them tribes in Russia but it's like the Mansi group. It's like a bunch of like natives that live out there and that's the ones that call it Death Mountain They in their native language and stuff but I mean they weren't close to them. There wasn't evidence of struggle or anything like that because like they were saying the footprints looked extremely calm. There wasn't like patches of snow which I mean they found them weeks later so it could have snowed over and stuff at that point but Nothing adds up in my mind. It's a mystery. Yeah. If anybody has any ideas, let us know. Because I think next part, we're going to get into the theories that are the most common throughout people. And I think Ryan and I are going to try and debunk them. Or maybe we agree with them. Yeah, let's see. I don't know. I mean, there there's a couple where I'm like, eh, maybe. But I, and I think you can agree with me where there isn't one where you're just like, yeah, that's probably it. Right. No, I think uh, even like the few years that I've read about it and then read new material that's come out, there's always something that it doesn't fit whatever somebody is trying to plug in as the solution or as the explanation. Yeah. Like I heard one right before we came up here and I was like, nah. Like, but the person talking about it was on YouTube. Uh, It was the video you showed me. He was like, yep, I think I nailed it. Like, this is what happened. But it's still like, no, that makes no sense. Yeah, well, we to need me. to uh, we need to discuss those. Yeah, we'll do a part two. But if anybody has their own theory, um, or has heard about this and agrees with any of the conspiracy theories or thoughts behind it, let us know by emailing us at theweeklylab@gmail.com, and uh, we're gonna cover all those theories and maybe some of our own that other people are like, nah, that's probably not it, in uh, the part two of this unsolved mystery. 